and welcome to another episode of The Good Vanilla, a Barefoot Contessa podcast where the chicken stock is homemade, store-bought is just fine, and the vanilla is always good. I am your host, Nick Kachanov, and we're talking seafood this week. I'm here for this. I love seafood. I will never turn down a fish and chips. Uh, I had it just this last Friday. Good Friday, actually, to be uh, specific. Um, I'm trying to think if there's one seafood that I don't like. I mean, I don't know. I'm not going to be like running towards squid, you know what I mean? Or... I like calamari, but I only like the calamari rings. I don't need to see them with the legs on. You know what I mean? I like it's I'm pretty basic, but um I'm trying to even think. I know like Keon gets like eel sushi every once in a while and it's fine, but I sometimes I don't know. Sometimes it's warm and it freaks me out. Um but I love all seafood. I love a good pa- uh, paella or uh paella as Ina sometimes says. Um yeah, it's I I enjoy this food group. I'm excited to dig into it. But before we do that, how is everyone? I hope that everyone had a good weekend. Uh, What did I do this weekend? Oh, we celebrated Easter. We went over to my mom and dad's house on Sunday. Uh, It was great. Uh, The food was delicious. Um, My sister-in-law bought like a really great nut roll from a local bakery. Uh, She bought two of them, thank goodness, because I could have eaten one of them myself. I had, like, a crazy allergy attack that day, like, one of the worst of my life on Easter Sunday. I made it through dinner, and then, like, eventually I just, like, crashed and had to lay on my parents' couch for, like, <laughs> like 45 minutes. And eventually I, I got up and came back. I, I mean, allergies are in the grand scheme of, like, ailments, you know what I mean? Like, it's not a f- I mean, it is a physical pain in ways, too, but, like, it, they suck. They really, truly suck and can ruin your entire day. Um, and they show up in different ways. Sometimes it's just, like, itchy, watery eyes and maybe a couple sneezes. But, like, for me, I, I just felt, like, that awful, like, itchy feeling the whole day. I felt like I was going to sneeze, but I didn't sneeze too much. My nose wasn't really running. It was just, ugh, it was a mess. And I came home, and I had, like, the first sinus headache I've ever had in my life. Like, I often wondered what a sinus headache would feel like, and I never want to feel it again. So I took some, and I did take medicine, for all those who are wondering. I I woke up that morning and felt a little off, so I was like, I think I need this. And But that by that point, sometimes these days, they just come, and it doesn't matter how much medicine you take. It's just like, it's over. So, But I, the decongestant that did help when I got home, um, it was a rough day. I, like, took a nap when I got home, and then I went to bed, like, <laughs> I went to bed, like, an hour later. Um, so other than that, though, great weekend. Uh, I am, oh, yeah, but... W- one more thing about Easter, too. I am both happy and sad to report that my brother, Chris, did not win the Kachanov egg cracking contest, but my sister-in-law did, so that's exciting. Um, so Julie won, which means that she gets to uh, take the trophy home. So at least, at least it's in the house with Chris, even though he didn't win, um, you know, maybe next year. And I felt bad because I picked out the egg for him. I gave him three options. I was like, I would pick one of these. And he picked one. And then he, I was like middle of the pack. He didn't get out like first. I actually got knocked out in the first round. I was like, what? Um, 
But anyway, if you have no idea what I'm talking about, go ahead and listen to my <laughs> listen to the episode last week about the egg cracking contest and then you'll be all caught up. Anyway, I guess it's time to get into this episode. I am I am stuck on season 19, which is the newest season on Discovery Plus, and I just think the newest season full stop of Barefoot Contessa. So uh, this is Back to Basics, season 19, episode four, Simply Seafood. So Ina begins, she says, I'm talking cooking with seafood. First, crab and pea risotto, an incredibly comforting one-pot meal. Next, baked cod with garlic and herb Ritz crumbs, a really fast feel-good dinner. Then I'm making potato galettes with smoked salmon, an elegant but earthy canapé. And finally, luxurious lobster BLTs. It's a classic sandwich with a sensational seafood makeover. Hmm. <laughs> she didn't do a hmm, but I had to throw it in. Um, I'm here for everything on this menu. Yes, I will take two of everything. So let let's get into it. Um, she starts out. She starts out each recipe this episode. I'm pretty sure it's for all of them. In the library, she like introduces what she's doing in the library, and she has these little like zingers. Um, she's and and of course we all know the library has those like fabulous orange couches. Side note: I am really into orange lately. I don't know what's happening. I am I am like a green girl through and through. I love green. It's been my favorite color for most of my adult life. I'd say, but there's something about orange lately that's just been like, specifically like Ina's orange, like Ina's couch orange, if that makes sense. It's like a really light orange. I don't know. I saw this like comforter the other day and it had like light gray sheets. I just wanted to climb into it. I'm really, I'm digging the orange. So, um, anyway, um, Ina is in the library, and she is holding a can of seafood stock and a container of some really good crab meat. Um, and this is for the fresh crab and pea risotto. So I can't, I didn't write down what she said in the library, but she's like, no, I don't even remember. I'm not even going to make anything up. So she's in the kitchen now, and she starts with six to eight cups of canned seafood stock. I'm surprised... I don't know. I feel like I've never really seen her make a seafood stock, though, because I was like, where's the homemade seafood stock, Ina? But I feel like that would be so expensive because seafood is so expensive just to, like, boil the shit out of it for six hours and not be able to eat it. That's that's a waste. Um, anyway, so she dumps the seafood stock into one pot and then in a separate Dutch oven, she has some uh, butter and olive oil to which she adds some finely diced fennel, some uh, diced shallots, shallots, and then some poblano peppers, which I was uh, I was excited I and surprised, really, that she's adding so much kick. She did say the uh, poblano peppers don't really have too much kick, so that makes sense. And then she did say, she's like, you don't want boring risotto, do you? And then she, like, smirks at the camera. Uh, so she leaves, she, okay, she leaves both pots on the oven with the flame going and then takes a quick jaunt into the garden for some fresh herbs. And of course, I know this is television. She didn't like actually go to the garden, but I'm trying to think of like how many times this is like my mother. This is like what she did to me. She's what she's done to me. She I just feel like most people obviously don't want their house to burn down. But like my mom can think like 
has passed down to me like the dumbest ways like that things could possibly catch fire like I think one of the things that's like improbable is if you anytime I had like anything close to like the vent of the heater she would like yell and she's like she would she wouldn't yell but she would say like don't put that near there that's gonna catch on fire so like in my childhood mind I was like I can't put in anything near the vent and I still feel that way sometimes but with this I guess this is like an actual concern but I can't really remember a time where like I've been actively cooking something on you know the burners are going things are happening and I you know like say if I have to like pee or something like to go upstairs and leave the stove unattended, I guess I've done it, but I really don't think I've done it that much. And maybe that's just my mother's, you know, voice in my head, but have, you know, gentle listener, have you walked out of the house or like walked into a different room for a while while the oven, while the stove is on? The oven's another story. I think maybe I've done it once or twice in my life where like I'm baking something and I like absolutely had to go out and do something um, and came back. And of course it was fine, but you just never know. You think your house is going to be like a pile of ashes when you get back. I don't know. That's just um, that's just a little about me. Anyway, so she goes out to the the garden. Uh, she gives us like a little like a brief tour of her garden here, like. We get like an aerial shot or two. I think the producers have been, you know, listening to the good vanilla and taking note of our interest in Ina's garden because we're getting we're getting more of it each each. I was going to say each day, but um, I feel like I've noticed an uptick in um, in Ina's garden. Anyway, she picks up some. It, it's basically her just uh, <laughs> like just picking up herbs and telling us what seafood dish she would put it in so the first thing she picks up is some oregano oregano and it looks like it almost looks like she eats it but i think she just smells it and she's like it's too strong for this dish but i usually use it with shrimp and then she just like tosses it aside and moves on to the next herb which is uh what was it it was tarragon and she's like tarragon is great because it has a light anise flavor it's great for seafood salad and shrimp salad and i was like all right um this basil plant is to die for. It's like what dreams are made of. Ina tells us the basil seems to go with everything. She suggests basil breadcrumbs to go with mussels, which sounds fabulous. I love that. And then she snips a couple things. And I thought they were like, they literally look like flowers and like some, I don't know, things. It's It didn't look like baby's breath at all. Like it was, it was green. But then. And she's like, all right, I got my chives and my thyme, and this will be perfect for my risotto. I was like, that's chives and thyme? I was very confused. There was definitely flowers on one of them, which is not, like, improbable. I know, like, even with basil, like, flowers tend to bloom every once in a while. Um, But it just threw me for a loop here. Uh, Anyways, end of tour. She is back in the kitchen. Uh, She gives those vegetables a stir. I would hope they would need them after she left for, like, 20 minutes. Uh, she adds some minced garlic to the pot along with some crushed red pepper flakes. She's really turning up the heat lately. I love it. Uh, and then she puts a pinch of saffron in there, which Ina tells us is critical for any risotto. Don't even think about making a risotto without saffron, uh, which, you know, it's nice. It's expensive. And she's like, she says something like, you know, I never really wanted, how does she say it? I never really noticed saffron isn't there. 
what she's trying to say is like if she if you made two risottos she'd be able to tell which one had saffron and which one didn't i mean one of the obvious things is it turns the the risotto like a beautiful shade of yellow so you'd probably be able to tell but um she's like it just has like a subtle heat i'm like does saffron taste like anything or is it just like pretty that's my question um anyway so she in in addition to that she adds some thyme from the garden and next is the rice, and she uses Italian arborio rice, a cup and a half, and she pours that into the pot, gives it a stir so it's nice and, you know, coated. All the butter and oil is, you know, uh, incorporated there. And then she gives it a stir, and then she adds a cup of white wine, Pinot Grigio, to be exact, which will, you know, forever make me think of Ramona Singer. Uh, if you know, you know. Uh, and next is... I feel like this is like the most fun part of the risotto, but also the t- most tedious part of making the risotto, which is like ladling stock, that seafood stock in one ladle full at a time. And then really you just have to like wait for the stock to be mostly absorbed into the rice. And then you add another uh, ladle full until it's completely gone. And I think Ina says... It's about 25 minutes, which in hindsight isn't that long, but it just, I guess it just takes a lot of like babysitting, but I think it'd be fun. I've never made a risotto. I've always wanted to. I know that I can, but I, um, I always forget about it. So I'll add it to my, you know, my never ending list of things that I say I'm going to make on every episode and then never do. Uh, but you know, we're all like that. It's like Pinterest is like the ultimate version of that. It's like, look at all these amazing, healthy recipes. And then I don't know suddenly you're like 55 years old and 400 pounds you're like the recipes um anyway so at the end of this process of making the risotto she adds some creme fraiche into it and she tries to justify it she's like and then some creme fraiche for you know it's just good I feel like she said something like that it was really funny I mean you don't have to explain it if you just want it because it's creme fraiche you know go for it uh and after that she adds some salt and pepper and next is the star of the show. It is the crab meat, the lump crab meat. No shredded crab meat here, says Ina, uh, because she really wants that texture, which, I mean, I love crab meat in all forms. I don't discriminate, but there is something probably really nice about the lump crab meat, and I feel like it's more expensive too, but, you know, it's an Ina recipe, so we just go with it. Uh, and next she has a cup of frozen peas. Love that. Peas, ugh. I just can't get enough of them. It looks so good. She plates it up. It's so bright. It's like the most perfect shade of yellow. It's just like, I don't know. It like puts you in a better mood when you see this risotto. I would love this. Um, And she chops up some chives and sprinkles them on top, followed by some lemon juice and a little bit of lemon zest. Ugh, It's just beautiful. And I feel like, I mean, I feel like I've seen Ina make a risotto with cheese in the past, too, but she does say that there's no cheese in this because Italians never put cheese with seafood, which I didn't know. And I guess sort of makes sense, but I feel... Well, let me tell this story first. So, and by this, um, this story is actually an Ina story about Jeffrey. She she says this, uh, she tells us this story when her and Jeffrey were in Milan and Jeffrey asked for Parmesan cheese for his seafood pasta and the way, pasta, I was going to say waiter and pasta at the same time. (laughs) Seafood pasta, pasta. Um, And the waiter did not know how to respond to Jeffrey. He was just like, no, you can't have it. And I was like, we always love to joke about that. 
I'm like, maybe you do, Ina. Um, I'm sure Jeffrey felt like an idiot, but uh, I would have done the same thing. And I do feel like Parmesan cheese would be, like out of all the cheeses, like the most appropriate. You know what I mean? Um, like I'm not going to put like a... <laughs> Like, like a slice of like American cheese on top of it, but I I feel like that is not too wild of a request. But I guess Jeffrey learned his lesson that day. Um, so Ina takes a bite of the uh, of the risotto and does that thing that Giada does, where she like lists off all the ingredients. She's like, mm, peppers, fennel, crab meat, saffron, salt, pepper. She just she just goes down the line. Um. And that's pretty much it. That's that's the end of the risotto segment. Uh, so next up is the baked cod. Ina is back in the library. She said, she says, baked fish can be a little boring sometimes, but there's nothing boring about this baked cod with Ritz cracker crumbs, garlic, and herbs. So she has four center cut cod fillets, which is like... I didn't even know you could get a center cut of a fish until this day. Um, and she's like, she says something like, and you want the center cut because it's the best meat. And uh, what is she? It was like, it'll, it's all even cooking. So, you you know, because some obviously some parts of the fish are thicker. Anyway, it's fine. It looks beautiful. Um, she brushes the top of the fillets with some olive oil and sprinkles some salt and pepper on top of that. And then she puts it in the oven at 400 degrees for 10 minutes to start. So while the fish starts cooking, she crumbles up about, uh, she said, 15 Ritz crackers. And she's like, bet you didn't think I'd be cooking with those or these. (laughs) I mean, is Ritz crackers that like, she keeps like, she says something about them being retro. She says, this is retro food, but made more modern. Is Ritz crackers considered like... I mean, I feel like they had their moment in time, like in the 70s or 80s, you know, like as far as like, let's put them in everything. But I I love Ritz crackers. They're great. I I don't know. We put our, I think I mentioned this on the podcast before with our green beans. Actually, we did this <laughs> last Sunday on Easter um, with like string beans. My mom puts butter and salt and then she sprinkles Ritz crackers into the green beans and it's so good. Keon was like appalled when he first came to my house but in like a good way. Like he ate it. He was like excited. He had just never seen it before. Does anyone else do that? I don't know. Drop me a line if you do. Um, okay, so anyway we're back to the uh, the crackers. She dumps the crumbs. Uh, she like crumbles them up first as she puts them in the food processor. The Ritz crackers that is. Um and she gives them a pulse and then uh, dumps them into a big glass bowl. And to that, she adds a half cup of panko breadcrumbs, uh, some parsley, some minced garlic, and then, of course, ending it with uh, some melted butter drizzled all over it. I mean, this is one of those things, I feel like there's something like this every episode that uh, it just, like, I could eat this out of the bowl. Maybe minus the garlic, because it'd probably be hard. But, um, you know, I, oh, God, it's it just looks so good. And then she makes it better by adding some lemon zest on top of that and some salt. So perfect, perfect, perfect. Um, at this point of the stage, um, or this at this stage, excuse me, um, the fish is done cooking. And she pours, well, it's kind of done cooking. She pours a quarter cup of white wine over the fillets. And then a couple squeezes of lemon juice. And then she adds those delicious breadcrumbs on top of each of the filet. 
And Ina says, she tells us not to worry if the, uh, any of the crumbs spill on the sides of the filet because it just makes the sauce better. And then we go, she puts it back into the oven, 400 degrees for 12 more minutes. And then 12 minutes later, she takes the fish out of the oven and it looks so good. I mean, I would be so into this. It just, it's the best kind of baked fish because it's like drenched in butter and delicious things. Um, she cuts up some lemon wedges and throws them in the dish and then she takes a bite and she says, nothing boring about this fish. I think everyone's going to love it. <laughs> and then commercial break. So where do we go to next? So after the commercial break, surprise, surprise, Ina is back in the library. And this is my favorite part. She's like, <laughs> she's like, so far on my list of comforting seafood dishes, we've done shellfish, whitefish, and now we're going to do smoked fish, smoked salmon to be exact. And on the word salmon, she puts her hands up like she's going to do the tap dance, you know, like <laughs> like palms facing forward. I loved it. I don't know. There was something so just quintessential Ina about that. And she pointed, she like touched her fingers. She was like, uh, shellfish. Then she, and then she puts up another finger, whitefish. And now we're going to do smoked fish, tap dance hands. Um, ugh, gotta love her. So she is making this potato galette, which is like a potato pancake, well, not like it is, uh, a potato pancake with creme fraiche and some smoked salmon on top. I mean, ugh, as Ina would say, how bad can that be? That sounds so good. So she starts by julienning this potato on a mandolin. I would, I'd be like in the ER faster than you can say potato galette if I was using this mandolin. It it truly looks crazy. You know how sometimes like, I just feel potatoes are hard to hold anyway, and it has to be long ways. And some, some mandolins come with like a little like claw you can put on top of whatever you're grating. This one did not. And you, in the way that Ina was working too, it's kind of, she really had to like shove her hand down. I was worried for her the whole time. And I, there would be no question that I would cut my hand open using this, but you know, she's a pro. That's why, uh, it's cook like a pro. <laughs> um, so Ina tell, oh gosh, it, this is like my favorite part of the episode because she just like kicks it in the high gear. Ina tells us that she actually had this dish for the first time at her friend Nancy Myers' house, which is the most like Ina Garden sentence that has ever been uttered. I, for those of you who don't know Nancy Myers, you know Nancy Myers. She is like a famous writer. Um, she wrote the screenplay for Private Benjamin, Father of the Bride, the Lindsay Lohan Parent Trap. Something's Gotta Give, The Holiday, and It's Complicated, to name a few. I mean, that was like seven, but Nancy Myers practically like invented the like, it's like when you think like rich white divorcee that's wearing like a white turtleneck, she has a big bottle of like Pinot Grigio and she's out on her back porch and she has like a shawl on. That's, that's a Nancy Myers, like, like Diane Keaton, Meryl Streep those types of women. So I was so excited when she mentioned Nancy Myers. Of course, Ina knows Nancy Myers. Uh, it's great. So, and there's more on her later, so I'm excited. Uh, so Ina goes on to say that Nancy had her uh, caterer at the house, Jennifer Naylor. And Ina says, major big deal caterer. <laughs> and she made this recipe. Um, so the recipe is after once, uh, you know, once she is finished or she's finished um, 
what is the verb? Mandolining? I don't know. Cutting, we'll say, <laughs> the potatoes. She lays, like, the potato sticks on, like, a dish towel and then gives them, like, a good squeeze. And she's like, there's not that much liquid in an Idaho potato. Hmm. But honestly, I, I've done, like, homemade... Um, what is it like hash browns before like a, like a shredded potato and I try to get all the water out there's like a ton of water in Idaho potatoes maybe I'm not getting the right <laughs> the good Idaho potatoes but um I don't know it's always a pain in the ass to get the water out actually you know what is a bigger pain in the ass is when you make a homemade cauliflower crust pizza let's talk about it because you know cauliflower pizza that was also a, a craze um, you know, people went, cr- people went crazy over it, as Ina would say. Um, but it's, I don't know. I feel like, I feel like there's different ways to do it. Like you can microwave the cauliflower first. You can like put it in a, um, uh, what is it? A food processor and then microwave it. Some people steam the broccoli, then put it in a food processor. I don't know what is the best way to do this, but either way, eventually it is like steamed or cooked in some way. And then you got to take a dish towel and get all the water out of it. And no matter how hard you squeeze, there's always going to be, it's like annoying. You really have to like go for it. If you want that like dough consistency, which by the way, it's never going to be, it's never going to taste as good as regular pizza, but you know, more power to you. I, I've definitely made them before and I, I, I do like a cauliflower pizza, but Ugh, that's like talk about a workout. That's that's a lot. Anyway, I I totally lost my place in my notes. Where are we here? Uh, she puts it in the bowl. Okay, so yeah, she takes the after she squeezes it, she puts the potatoes into a bowl and sprinkles some salt and pepper on it, and that's it. There's no like flour or egg that go into the potato um, sticks, and then she she puts them into this skillet that I have never seen on the Barefoot Contessa. It looks like something, it looks like something out of my kitchen. You know, it just seems like something that we would have. It's like a smaller skillet and it's not like Le Crusette. So it just looks like out of, it looks out of place, but you know, it's the perfect size for these galettes. So this is the process. She fries it on the first side for five minutes, and then she drizzles a tablespoon of butter, melted butter, around the edge of the uh, the pancake to keep it, <laughs> keep it to keep it from sticking. And then she cooks it for another four minutes. I think after she flips it. None of that made sense. What I just said. Basically, it's a lot of butter. It's delicious, and you know, four or five minutes on each side. Bada bing, bada boom. So. um after it's done, she uh, event yeah eventually it's done and she places it on a cutting board and she spreads some uh, creme fraiche on top and then it's time for the salmon. Ugh, it looks so good. Ina uses Norwegian salmon as we all know, smoked salmon, and reminds us that is this is not lox and that lox tend to be a little bit more salty and a little bit have like a little bit more. Uh, I don't know. They're just what am I looking for? They're more moist, I guess, and then and smoked salmon is a little bit more drier and obviously more smoky, um, which I guess I knew somewhere in the back of my brain, but in my mind, I thought lox was just smoked salmon, uh, so there is a difference, um, which is, uh, you know, little Ina tidbits here, tips. So she ripples, she like layers down the smoked salmon, like in this little like wave pattern onto the galette. And, you know, she's like to give it a little bit of height. (laughs) So then she finishes it off with some chopped fresh chives. It looks so good. 
and then Ina regales us with a Nancy Myers story, which isn't like a story, but um, she says, you know, the first time I went to Nancy Myers' house, I thought, hmm, I wonder if it looks like a Nancy Myers movie. Trust me, it does. Gorgeous. Absolutely gorgeous. And then she just, like stares off into the distance. Um, but I'm... I'm glad to hear that. I should have d- did some Googling before I started recording, but um, I, I'm definitely going to look up <laughs> pictures of Nancy Meyers' house. I, like, get arrested. Um, but I, I do want to see her uh, house because I feel like it's probably, like, all of her movies just wrapped in one. I, I bet everything's, like, cream-colored and just, like, minimal. I, I want to see it. So, um Back to these galettes. I feel like I've been talking about the galettes for like 15 minutes. Uh, She cuts the galettes into six pieces, kind of like a little pizza, she says. And she tries a little bite of it while she's like holding the cutting board up. I'm like, give yourself a a break, Anna. Put down that cutting board. It was very strange. She was like wobbling with it. I was like, "Why why did they tell her to lift up this board? It's a small board, but you can set it down. It's fine. Um... So, yeah, that that's the end of that segment. Uh, so next, Ina is back in the library one final time. And she tells us that uh, I love to think, <laughs> think, I love to take something classic that everyone loves, like, say, a BLT, and then upgrade it with a really special ingredient, like lobster. I mean, who wouldn't love that? Uh, and it's true. Uh, and everyone would love that unless you hate lobster. Or bacon. I don't know. Uh, so it's time for this lobster BLT. I love a BLT. Love it. Keon and I go to this restaurant. And every time I go there, I'm instantly in the mood for a BLT. I don't know what it is. Um, we don't really go to this restaurant th- restaurant, restaurant that often. But um, I don't know. It's, it's like I'll add it to like it's not something I get all the time. It's kind of like root beer. Like every once in a while, it's... It's you can't have anything else but root beer. And that's kind of how I feel about um, a BLT because it's hard to mess up. You know, you get that thin like toast ugh, and the bacon and like sometimes, you know, like at a diner, they give you like the mayo packet. I mean, but I do love when they give you like a big like cup of mayo. Oh, God, it's so good. Anyway, um, speaking of mayo. Um, oh, wait, first of all, she's chopping up this lobster and it just looks it looks so good. It looks so good. Um, and she's like, I get the, you know, she's, she got the, what do you call them? The guy at the counter to cook everything first, you know, at the, I almost got it at the lobster store at the seafood shop. Um, okay. So now let's talk about this dressing. Uh, she starts with mayo and ketchup and then she pauses and tells us this story about a sandwich that she had in French at a restaurant called Frenchies to go. It was one of her favorite French restaurant or restaurants in France. And it was owned by Gregory Marchand. Um, and she said one time Ina asked Gregory what the dressing was on this specific sandwich. And he said, Ina, it's Thousand Island dressing. <laughs> and she said it exactly like that. And she had like a perfect French accent. It was very cute. But I have to say that the star of this segment is the ketchup bottle. Because the ketchup bottle squeaks twice as she's telling this story. And it's so funny. Because it sounds like just those little like... It's like a Heinz ketchup bottle. You know how they like... It's not just like a hole. It has like that little like... 
I don't know, it's like a uh, like a little plastic covering that when you squeeze it, like it it puffs out a little bit and then it like seals up again. And it just made this like funny noise, which I, you know, just juxtaposed with her talking about this beautiful French restaurant and she's like squirting ketchup into a bowl as it farts. It was perfect. I, I laughed hard. Um, so anyway, she continues with the sauce. She adds a little relish to the ketchup and mayo mix and uh, she toasts the bread at a, at 400 degrees for 10 minutes. She's like, it beats standing by a toaster forever. Hmm. And I will say the bread is less than stellar here. Like I pick, I thought she would have stepped it up. But at the same time, um, you know, it's a BLT. Everyone's kind of used to that, that thin bread, I guess, that thin toasted bread. But she's not making it like a triple decker. She's making it like a regular sandwich. So I thought she would have used just like a really good, like, I don't know ciabatta or something who knows um so she puts the sauce she starts building the sandwich she puts some sauce on the toast and then a little bit of bib lettuce oh i love bib Bib lettuce looks like fake lettuce you know like when they had like those those kids (laughs) those kids the toys for kids with like fake food and you can like cut up like a tomato and has like velcro on it and then there's like fake lettuce that that's what bib lettuce looks like for me um and then she adds some avocado slices, some slices of tomato, and then bacon. Ugh, it is just... And then, obviously, we have the lobster. And then she finishes out this episode with another tadam, which we talked about a couple weeks ago. I don't think it was last week or was it the week before? That's like her word. That's like her new word here in season 19. It's the season of tadam um, instead of tada. Uh, but anyway, we'll let her we'll let her have it. Uh, so she says, "Tadam, that's four lobster BLTs. I'd say that's classic food updated. And I think one of these has my name on it. Hmm. It is lunchtime sometime, right? That looks so good. Wouldn't you say? <laughs> First of all, I, I don't know what. OK, so let's diagnose this a little bit. Um, it started off OK. And then when she says it is lunchtime sometime, right? I think that was like a play on, you know, it's five o'clock somewhere, right? But it, it's like I knew what she was saying. And, uh, and, and then it, that looks so good, wouldn't you say? Again, there's no finality here. There's no zinger. I need, I mean, if I was hired just to write like Ina's like intro and outro dialogue, that would be my dream job. Oh my God, the things I would have her say. Um, but it just, you know, this needs punched up. And I said it last week and the week before too, that uh, these, you need another minute here. You need to have Jeffrey come in. I'm, I'm noticing maybe this was like filmed. I don't know. I mean, I just, I don't know where all the guests are. Like, where is Michael? Where is TR? Um, I need to see, you know, call Steven up. I mean, get someone over here. <laughs> call up Nancy Myers. <laughs> Nance, I need you for this episode. Yeah, I'm making lobster BLTs. Get over here. Um, so, I don't know. I, I, I'm just curious as to why these don't have as much zing at the end of them. But <sighs> it's a good episode. I love all that food. And I love Ina. And uh, that's all That's all she wrote. So thank you again for listening, everyone. If you want to follow the podcast on social media, you can follow it on Instagram at goodvanillapod. And you can also send me an email at goodvanillapod at gmail.com. Also, I made a group for The Good Vanilla on Facebook. Very easy to find. Just search The Good Vanilla. 
And if you are enjoying the podcast, please be sure to subscribe and leave a five-star rating and review. I think I got another one this week. Who who was it here? Let me check. Let me scroll. And so T-C-U-N-N-19. So maybe like Thomas Cunningham, we'll call you. Uh, but thank you for the review. I always appreciate it. I know you guys are out there, you guys and gals. Uh, so if you ever uh, want to leave a star rating and review, you know, for Ina and for me. But uh, if, if you don't do that, just tell another Barefoot Contessa fanatic. That also works too. And if you want to know where to get more of me, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Nick Kochanov. And you can find me on my other podcast, The Best Supporting Podcast, every week with Colin Drucker. Thanks so much for listening, everyone. Stay safe, and I'll see you next time.